Welcome to Scripture Snapshot. I'm Talitha Chadwick. This is a podcast giving brief thought to the scriptures from the scriptures to edify Christian women in contextual biblical conversations. And as you listen, my sincerest hope is that more conversations about the God of the Bible will come from the God who opens our eyes to see wondrous things from his word. I'll be reading from God's word, Lamentations 3, verses 25 through 27, the ESV, under the heading, Great is Your Faithfulness. Let's get into it. Lamentations 3, verses 25 through 27 reads, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. What is it for the assure to wait on the assurer? What is it to know that the one who has rightly apportioned my predicament is also my portion? Is good a characteristic of the Lord from the Lord that is then accredited to my soul's satisfaction in waiting for him. A lamenting posture is overwhelmed with genuine grief and acknowledgement of the particulars of the plight they're presently in. A true weight, a real difficulty, a deserved predicament. Jeremiah, the perceived author, writes to us God's dealings with a people, his people, a man, his man, who are both filling and receiving the heavenly heaviness of God's hand in deserved distress. Jeremiah writes in chapter 1, verse 1, How lonely sits the city that was full of people! How like a widow has she become! She who was great among the nations! She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. End quote. In chapter 2, verse 1, he continues, How the Lord in his anger has set the daughter of Zion under a cloud. He has cast down from heaven to earth the splendor of Israel. He has not remembered his footstool in the day of his anger. End quote. And in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, he writes of himself, I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. The words has and have, present tense and past tense, Throughout Lamentations gives us the objective truth that the people of God made severe choices to sin, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, and that God fastened the weight of their transgressions to the yoke of hardship by his punitive hand in verse 14. Now, you may be thinking that this episode is supposed to be about the good that comes to those who wait for God, and it is. But it is also likened to the waiting found in Isaiah 30, verse 18, which reads, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. 
For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. End quote. Verses 19 through 22 of Isaiah 30, its application and implication is that God is waiting on his people to cry out, repent of their wrongdoings, that the just and righteous givings of the bread of adversity and the water of affliction from the Lord would no longer be a five-star rebuke, but a lesson learned and that his sure graciousness would most definitely abound at that sound. You see, God would have it that we learn from our willful wrongdoings through the gift of repentance, rather than for us to reach the righteous retribution of unrepentance. 2 Peter 3.9 reads, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance." End quote. Charles Ellicott, commentating on Lamentations 3.25, writes in proportion to the Lord is good. The alliterative form of the Hebrew makes good the first word of this and the two following verses. The adjective being predicated first of the essential character of Jehovah, and then of the condition in man on which the manifestation of that character depends." End quote. So an inversion of Lamentations 3 verses 25 through 27 may read, Good is the Lord to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. Good it is that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Good it is for a man that he should bear the yoke in his youth." End quote. So to follow and understand Ellicott's studied thoughts on the matter, God is never not good. He is inherently, essentially, and characteristically good. He can be nothing less. His justice is good. His correction is good. His timing is good. His way is good. All that he has done and will ever do is good. And for the soul, the person, the dependent, and the repentant child of God that seeks him, the one who has an inward humility, a trusting foresight on the good of God from God, will prayerfully, actively, quietly, bearingly, if you will, wait no matter how or when or where he chooses to dispense it. A Holy Spirit-led fortitude where our spirit impatiently resists. Galatians 5 verses 16 and 17. Pressure, plight, or problem places us right where God would have us to be. God throughout Scripture tells us that he isn't big on us, his people, compartmentalizing his being good with us being comfortable. He is, however, big on unboxing us to calling and conformity. Lamentations 3 verses 37 and 38 reads, Who has spoken and it came to pass, unless the Lord has commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? End quote. Jeremiah also pens beforehand in verse 26, 
It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. End quote. The good call of waiting can be no more expressed than in the silent rescue of the Lord from the Lord. Oh, but wouldn't we rather be an alphabetized array of agitated, boisterous, critical, and discontented, when heaps and heaps and heaps of hopelessness and unrepentance hems us in on every side? I know I do. Somebody, anybody, listen to me about these wrong rations that have befallen me. But deliverance, we read, of the Lord from the Lord is assuredly received alone in very uncomfortable silence. And I'll attest to this. It isn't an easy inward posture to put on our own personal sackcloth and ashes and to wait. But it is a reclusive quietness that conforms us to the will of God. Think about it. At the onslaught, at the moment of noticeable discipline of the Lord from the Lord, do we stop and think that this is ultimately His good for our good? Well, Jeremiah himself expresses a reluctance to early enlightenment from the Lord that we ourselves may be able to relate to. Let's listen to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 15:10. Woe is me, my mother, that you bore me, a man of strife and contention to the whole land. I have not lent, nor have I borrowed, yet all of them curse me. End quote. Let's also listen to him in chapter 20, verse 7. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. End quote. His mom is to blame. His efforts are aggressively belittled. And the Lord has given him a most backbreaking task, and everyone's laughter is at his expense. But back over in Lamentations 3, verses 27 through 30, he tells us a most, been there, am there, done that, doing that, reassurance, which reads, It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes, and let him be filled with insults. End quote. What is Jeremiah saying to us in self-examination, in quietness, in humility, in repentance, in submission? Bear God's will, he says. Bear it early. Bear it assured of God, assured of his good disposition toward those who are his, whether the purpose, the people, or the pursuit of unhappiness plagues our adverse thinking of what is good. Rest in the Lord's good correction. Scripture is the Christian's prescription to every ailment and allotment, complaint and conformity of the Lord from the Lord. And Lamentations 3 verses 31 through 33 tells us just that. For the Lord will not cast off forever. 
but though he caused grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. End quote. And where do we find this resounding reassurance? In verses 22 through 24, which states to us, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. End quote. And lastly, as I wrap up, Jeremiah says much to us modern day Christians from times past. Waver not, the Lord is good. Waver not, the Lord is weight-worthy. Waver not, the Lord is found by his true dependence. Waver not, cry out in silent submission for the will of the Lord. Waver not, deliverance is delegated by the Lord alone. Waver not, his burden is light, has light. Waver not, afflictions are but the all things additives to the lives of those who love God. Romans 8, 28. Question. Will we be assured and reassured that we're being conformed by God to our soul's hopefulness in His faithfulness and that the weight, the quiet, and the discipline is good? Tell me about it. Have a good is the Lord to those who wait for him day.